When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Think to Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, and all things Star Wars and sometimes Total Recall. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host and Top Gun fan, Ryan Key. (laughs) My name's Nick. I've never seen any movie that's ever existed. That's sad. Including Top Gun or Total Recall. That's sad. Are you familiar with movies? (laughs) Hate them. Nick, films? Oh, my least favorite thing, movies. Hate (laughs) them. If you know anything about me, you know I say fuck movies. (laughs) Yeah. The idea of them. You know that Dane Cook bit about (laughs) shoes? The what? I don't know what he's talking about. I think he's talking about somebody gets hit by a car and their shoes fly off. Oh, yeah. It was early days when Dane Cook was not a douche. His first record? (laughs) Maybe he was was a douche, but we just didn't know it yet. Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, if you know anything about me, you know I say f*** shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Movies, hate them. I hate the idea of it. I only watch animation. Moving in pictures? Oh, God. Hate it. Motion pictures? Ugh, disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it's all good because we're talking about a TV show tonight. Not a motion picture. Yeah, I love TV shows. Not a motion picture. It's just the movies. Can't stand it's it. It's an animated episodic adventure. <laughs> Hate the idea of movies. TV shows, though. Great. The Bad Batch. We're really coming down. We're on the home stretch here. Episode 12. We have 13, 14, 15, 16. That's four. Good. Nice little four episode arc. Do you want to place bets that at least one of them will be like a side mission, have nothing to do with anything? Uh, it, prob- it probably will. I think at least one of them will. <laughs> 13. I think, I think the next one, if, if it's going to be one of them, yeah. would, be, would be episode 13. It's going to be another one about Jar Jar and his girlfriend. <laughs> Can't wait for that. It's going to be something like that. The Bad Batch is going to show up and like save their wedding that's like going terribly wrong or something. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm here for. Jar Jar's going to have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yo, I'm reading a comic right now in the 2015, I guess, Star Wars reboot series, the Marvel series that um, Heather and Charles did. There's a Gungan who talks exactly like Jar Jar. I mean, they all talk like that, but he sounds very Jar Jar. It just appears Mm -hmm. for like, I don't know, two frames or cells, whatever you call them. Mm -hmm. Does anyone know if, have any of you guys read that? I definitely remember, man. What was I? Li- I don't know if it was Afra. I was doing an audio. I was listening to an audio book, and there definitely was like a mean Gungan. I wonder if it's the same one. Oh it was God. definitely like a badass Gungan. Man, what what book was that? I don't remember. Hmm. This is why I, I. Whenever we want to talk about Star Wars novels, I'm just like, I read that book. I really don't remember <laughs> anything about it. <laughs> there were so many words, dude. Yeah, my reading comprehension. Well, comprehension is good. Retention. No good. Well, yeah. it's like all of the different Star Wars novels are not going to be, you know, yeah, totally. To Kill a Mockingbird. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah. Pulitzer Prize winning fiction, you know? No. That original Thrawn trilogy, though, whew, man, <laughs> that's some good stuff. Speaking of Thrawn, the canon Thrawn novel written by Timothy Zahn as well is semi relevant to, uh, we mentioned this, right? A couple of episodes ago about um, what was the planet? The other one, the occupied one? Raxus? Raxus. There's apparently, I haven't read it, but apparently there's like a, there's a thing with Raxus and the mining and the getting the duonium, whatever it is, the the metal to build the ships. Dunium. 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 D-double-O-nium. That's uh, that's a big part of it. So let's do better. Tying it. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do better, guys. We're just going to stop talking here. (laughs) Not us. I mean, whoever decided to call the mineral do. I'm sorry. I'm 12. Do-onium. Do-do. Do-do. Neum. They should have went with a good name like Unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> if there ever was a time I wanted to walk out of a theater is when I'm watching Avatar and the mineral or whatever they're looking for is called Unobtainium. Dude, you know what though? In science, there are some really dumb names for things yeah. in actual science. And Nick, you're going to get nine more films Thank goodness. about Unobtainium. <laughs> Thank the Maker, an uh, Avatar podcast. 
Do you think aluminium exists in the Star Wars universe? Let's get real, though. Let's get real. The Avatar ride at Animal Kingdom in Florida is one of the best that's rides on the planet Earth. Yeah, that's what I hear. any amusement park anywhere in the world. It is so sick. I need to ride that. Although the last time we were there, <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was, actually, because they would be upset, I think, if I said, but a person in my party had to sit on the bike. It's a bike you like sit on and you, and it like tightens around your back and you know, you're like flying on this thing. So you're like plugging into the, to the matrix, the avatar matrix thing or whatever. But you put the tail in your ear or whatever. When we walked in there, there was definitely some type of fluid. Oh yeah. On the seat. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Amusement parks are gross, dude. I love galaxy's edge, but, and I love Disney, but they're, that's a, that's a gross place. Also, uh, Mike put vibranium in the chat here. Vibranium is definitely the best name to, in terms of fake metals from yeah. fiction. But the question is, are shake weights made of vibranium? <laughs> yeah. You should be. Let's just say yes. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Star Wars now. What have you done with those planets? The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. Debuted July 16th, 2021, Disney+. Plus. Directed by Nathaniel Villanueva, coming back. Written by Jennifer Corbett, coming back. These folks are on the team. 28-minute runtime, Disney Plus description, the batch is tasked, is tasked with a dangerous mission. Come on! In, <laughs> intern, come on! The Bad Batch flies their spaceship. <laughs> the Bad Batch have laser guns. <laughs> Mark the intern. This one's rough, man. Yo, I'm picturing rough. the... The person who writes these as that like office clerk <laughs> dude from Loki that what he's a that guy that actor yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about yeah who also he was in Mandalorian too yeah he's like what's a fish yeah that guy writes these yeah the batch is tasked with a dangerous mission at one point he was like no his first way. draft was like the bad batch goes on a mission. And he's like, no, nope, too many words already. Let's <laughs> let's get rid of bad. Everyone knows that the batch is bad. Let's just say the batch is tasked with a dangerous mission. Okay. Where do they come up with this stuff? <laughs> who were the ad wizards who came up with this one? <laughs> you remember that shit? Yeah. All right. Let, well, let's talk about the dangerous mission. How about yeah, that? Disney Plus description aside, what did you guys think about this episode? Loved it. One of my favorites of the whole season. Same. Fun, action-packed. Every character up to now, for the most part, with the exception of Sid, really, had a role in this. Um, a lot of moving parts. Love that. It, it was not just sort of like connecting from A to B. There was different plot lines happening at the same time. Yeah, I, I loved it. Another beautiful episode, you know, gorgeously animated, as they all have been, but just super fun. Brought it all together. Yeah, I, I dig it. It definitely, I'm glad it was like a little... I assume now like a two episode arc because um, I don't see them picking up or keeping Hera around really. Yeah. It felt like goodbye at the end, right? Yeah, you know? totally. No, I, I definitely, I was stoked. I'm glad it wasn't something that we like stretched on for three or four episodes. It was cool. I, I'm happy to know. It seems like the last four episodes, I know we were joking before that one of them will just be like a side mission, but it seems like the last four episodes will probably be what we've been waiting for, which is crosshair looking for the Bad Batch. Yeah. That's what I would do if I was Dave Filoni or Jennifer Corbett, whoever's writing this stuff. Yeah. I will probably save my like full reactions to specific things for later for I Love You, I Know. But I'll just say this was, I think, the first time since the premiere that I actually choked up and like teared up for real a couple times. Mm. So that like in the moment was like, Oh, this is a good one. That was my indicator. Like, yep, yep, they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it here. So I would agree. Favorite since whatever my second favorite was that we all agreed. I think like it was like episode three. Yeah. We really, we all really loved. But yeah, I, we, we had another one that we were definitely had like consensus. We were like, yes, this was other than the premiere. This is the best one. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but. It just gave Omega like more character development too, that she's like mm -hmm. learning and has confidence to put a plan together with Hera and also kind of uh, make a left turn. Like when the, you know, when Chopper can't, um, what does he do there? When Chopper can't deactivate the auto cannons, you know, she yeah. has to like kind of 
swerve and come up with a different plan and that works. So it's kind of cool to see Omega learning and, and actually being a part of the crew. Yeah. And she gets her first kind of like solo task in a mission. I mean, mm-hmm. solo with Hera, but first time away from the rest of the Bad Batch to be assigned something yeah. dangerous, which is big. All right, let's do a quick synopsis. The episode opens with the Sindulas in Imperial Captivity. We saw them captured at the end of the last episode, so they're in a cell. Rampart is really giving them a hard time, being an assbag, trying to get information on Hera's whereabouts. Rampart then orders Hauser to round up any Sindula sympathizers, trying to clamp down on the, the potential um, insurgents or, or uprising. Hera, who is, she's hiding off somewhere. I forgot where she is. She's in that cave, right? Yeah, some canyon cave somewhere, yeah, somewhere yeah. rocky. She sends a distress call to the Marauder, asking the Bad Batch for help. They get that hollow, kind of reminiscent of the uh, Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope little message right there. Yeah, not not in like a rip-off-y way, but a hollow of a female needing help. Yeah, Can't help in Star Wars, but be like, Le- Leia? But it wasn't like, help me, Hunter, you're my only hope. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just a heroine in distress. Yeah. The Bad Batch are reluctant to help and also a little bummed that Omega is just like handing out their... <laughs> giving out their number? <laughs> giving out their number. <laughs> but Omega pleads with them. Hunter says, okay, we're down. Hunter meets with Chopper and Hera, agrees to scope out the situation, but can't necessarily guarantee that they're going to be able to do much. They're kind of in this position now, and we'll talk about this later, where they've gone from like just being on the run to being mercenaries to being now like... I'm trying to avoid the A-team parallel here, but like soldiers of fortune, you know what I mean? They're like, I mean, that's what they it is, are. right? They're, they're, they're the galactic A-team, dude. Yeah. It's, I mean, that was the whole per- point from, from the beginning. They have, I mean, yeah. they've almost come out and said that. Yeah. Like the idea behind the squad was that. So he's like down to help, but it's like, okay, well, we do our little bits, but we can't help everybody kind of thing. So they go to spy on Rampart. Hunter senses a probe droid nearby smashes it it's the old school um no he stabs it actually (laughs) stabs like through the head like uh what's the movie is it rambo the stabbing straight through the top of the head what am i thinking of (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i I hate movies (laughs) nick doesn't know because he hates movies you mean are are you talking about john rambo the son of rambo rambo (laughs) i've said that on the pod before right yeah we went to see the self-titled just the self-titled album there was just rambo yeah that came out in like 2010 or something. I don't remember when that was. At the end of the movie, he's walking up a dirt road to his father's house and he passes the mailbox and it says R Rambo. And so we always just decided he was his name is Rambo Rambo. That's John's dad is Rambo Rambo. That's incredible. Anyways, carry on. That's the kind of thing a TV show would never do. You'd only get crap like that in movies. I hate them. I hate movies. They don't put initials in TV shows. You need personal merch that just says, I hate movies. (laughs) (laughs) You're Jack Black in Tropic Thunder, tied to the tree. Ah, I can hate movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh. So Hunter kills the droid, and he says, you know, there's too much heat on the Bad Batch. The Empire knows they're there, and there's not much more they can do to help Hera. He's trying to bail, like, every step of the way. But Omega, once again, reasons with Hunter saying, look, she would help if it was him in the kind of reverse situation. Drops a little guilt trip on him. Back in Rampart's quarters, Crosshair is there telling Rampart that the Bad Batch is nearby. Rampart kind of gets up in his grill and says, if you can't find Harrison Dula, I'm going to find somebody else who can. Sends it back out there. Hauser has a short conversation with the Sindulas. He's trying to convince them that he's on their side, but they don't believe him quite yet. Cham is definitely back on the skeptical side, back to where he was kind of like square one before they got all their initial help during the Clone Wars, back in season one of the Clone Wars, because everything is kind of like, we'll talk about this in Den of Antiquities, everything has panned out exactly the way that he suspected that it would. Yeah, it's like the outcome is what he suspected. It's just the way they got there Yeah, was not exactly what, you know. It just took longer. Yeah. Omega and Hera come up with a plan to free the parents. The idea is they're going to sneak in, disable all the auto cannons so they can get in because that's really like the big deterrent. There's these giant cannons surrounding this installation that, that they have there. 
So they're going to go in with Chopper. Chopper's going to slice them, essentially, get those shut down so they can move in. Chopper gets in there, runs into a snag of some kind. He can't make it happen. He can't shut down the cannons. So Omega and Hera, they commandeer a shuttle, and they're just going to go in and just blow the shit up, which they do. And it's like... <laughs> it's Hera's first time flying, so it's it's a mess, as you would expect. Immediate hard left into another ship. <laughs> yeah, super reminiscent of Ray getting in the Falcon, and yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like when Ricky Bobby's with his dad driving with a blindfold on, and he, <laughs> he crashes into the house. <laughs> That's Hera in this shuttle. I was blindfolded. <laughs> they do end up taking out the cannons, though, and the cannon console. Tech and Wrecker fly in. They take out some more cannons. Hunter and Echo rescue the Sandulas. All good stuff. It's all coming together. As they're about to escape to a ship, Hauser is like, yo, you can't go out that door. Crosshair and a squad of clones are on the other side. You're about to be ambushed. It's a trap. And there's still like guns drawn at him in that moment. They don't, they don't trust him at all. Yeah. But they believe him for whatever reason. They finally trust him. They go out another hangar to escape. Then the blast doors open. Hauser holds the position right there. The blast doors open. Hauser walks out. Guns drawn on him, his whole squad, crosshair everybody, and gives this speech pleading with his squad to drop their weapons. This is awesome, and we'll talk about it in a little bit more specifically. Some of them do, most don't, and at that point, crosshair says, arrest these traitors, essentially. So he makes a little dent, but ultimately ends up arrested. He's now a prisoner of the Empire. It's wrapping up. The Sindulas and the Bad Batch have a conversation about the war coming. You know, the rebellion is forming the they've got some shit on the horizon we cut to crosshair talking to rampart asking permission to hunt the bad batch down ominous score roll credits oh dang it's not music it's just ominous tones tones does the trick definitely gets me thank the maker of forgetting sarah marshall podcast (laughs) it's different than like having his own theme it's just these tones and yeah it's creepy and awesome and totally belongs in star wars you know there hasn't been much like that until what the end of the clone wars mm-hmm. yeah the first time it was like actually that sort of like synthy tone thing was used yes. and doesn't seem out of place at all that final clone wars arc music is all time yeah so let's discuss we got a few points here crosshair's head injury he's got a big old roasted side of his head right where the chips are i don't like the way it looks it's gross yeah it's nasty it's possible that his chip is screwed but he's still number one it's very possible that he was just always an asshole we've talked about this before yeah and two now that he's been roasted in a battle with his brothers it doesn't matter if his chip's activated or not he's it doesn't seem like he's budging anybody else no he's he's not saying can i go find them so he can be like guys guess what i'm feeling way better now (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you really want to, like, if you want to make a conspiracy that he is, like, leading the Empire on and he's going to go and just be a good guy again, there's little things here and there. Like, for instance, he doesn't really miss when he shoots, and then when they were escaping, he missed the shuttle, like, two or three mm. times, you know? It's, like, things like that where it's like, eh, maybe he did that. Now he wants to go find them. I don't know. To me, it's more exciting if he remains a bad guy, they somehow capture him, take out his inhibitor chip and he's like a jerk but a good guy you know there's there's so much redemption in star wars it would kind of yeah agreed it would be better if he just remained a truly bad dude i think they need to go pretty heavy on his character development in the final four episodes to make that really matter to us yeah i mean you know it does matter but i'm you know what i'm saying like we need to really see this chase and them fighting each other or however that's gonna happen because I could see them in the future, the show needing at least one more like big bad. And I don't think it's Crosshair, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's Rampart either. It's not going to be Tarkin. Like there's got to be some sort of like active threat, not just like a occupation that they're fighting all the time. But mm-hmm. I mean, that is the rebellion. I get it. Hey, we don't hypothesize and speculate in these actual episodes. If you want that. Sure, we don't. Hang out, with, hang out with the patrons. Officially, we don't. On paper, we don't. If you really want to hear all that, patreon.com slash think to make her pod. But the big bad that we all want and need is Darth Vader. He'll show up eventually. Yeah, has to. When? That's what he did in Rebels, you know, until he had like, you know, he showed up here and there until he was like just full on in like an Ahsoka episode or something like that. Yeah. I want it now. <laughs> but it would be great. 
there, there are great character development opportunities if his chip is out of commission, but he is of his own free will still fully on the Imperial side because he's going to be grappling with some stuff. He would feel betrayed by his brothers. There's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that, that they could do there that would make it deeper and better and make it matter to us. So I think there's plenty of time to do that, like we're saying. On to positive stuff. Like we mentioned earlier, Omega gets her first like solo assignment. And there's a little, what's the exchange? I think like Hunter says, you and Hera go do this. And then somebody else is like, alone, right? One of the other batch. Mm-hmm. Tech or somebody. So that's that's like a big, that's kind of, that's like a milestone for Omega for sure. I think it's natural progression from Hunter calling her name to give her an order when she wasn't even on the mission. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, she's definitely a part of the team yeah. and able to hold her own now. They had that moment over like, uh, was it two episodes ago where they left her behind with Sid and then yeah. they were like, you know, we won't leave you off of missions anymore. And yeah, they never went again. and played Dejeric or something. I think maybe from that point on, it's just like, no, she's no longer just like the kid we're protecting. Like she's a part of the crew and got to utilize her. Dude. Speaking of all this, the moment when she's talking to Hera, and I forgot what the question is, you know, why do you trust him or why does, I forgot what she asks Omega, but she responds because he's my brother. Mm-hmm. Oh man, did yeah. that hit your boy right in the feels. They all are, she says. And like we talked about this in the reaction thing, we've known that, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not news to us. I just personally hadn't thought about it that much in those terms. So to hear it in her voice, to hear her say it straight up was like a real emotional moment. That's what got me. That's when the tears kind of welled up. I mean, I think DNA wise, you know, obviously they're related, but the more and more, you know, we're 12 episodes deep at this point. It's like they're growing a bond. So maybe that's the first time she's even like acknowledging that it's family, you know, and not just DNA. Continuing with the family, the brothers theme. Our boy Hauser, when he came out and took a stand, he basically like, he did the same thing that Rex did in the finale of Clone Wars with Jesse, but he actually got through to some of his squad. And he even said, you know, before he went out there, like he said something like, I'm going to try my best to get through to them or something, right? Mm -hmm. He said something like that. Reason with them, something like that. Yeah. And a handful of them dropped their guns. And it was like such a pure moment. Yeah, he says he says they're they're good men. Like I'm not abandoning my squad or, you know, they're they're good men. Such a pure moment. We talked about this in the in the reaction. They have this relationship with the people of Ryloth because they they've been there since the Clone Wars. Their mission was to free them from the separatists. They achieved their mission and now they're being ordered to turn on them. And chip or not, order 66 or not, that flies in the face of everything that duty means to them. So much like Rex, we mentioned this also, like in speculating about why he might have the capacity to question, he's a bigger brain. He's a smarter, more skilled kind of clone who clearly can use reason paired with emotion to overpower that and question the crap. And it's a big moment and it's going to be exciting to see how this all plays out and like what the the long-term implications of these kind of defiant moments are. Yeah. Adam said duty. (laughs) Duty. I think it'll just lead to like Rampart and Tarkin just like doubling down on wanting conscripted soldiers and not yep. clones, you know, like all the more reason to almost have like a race against time for the Bad Batch to save as many clones as they can versus Tarkin and Rampart just getting rid of clones however they can. We have to be on a path to their, you know, no clones. Yeah. yeah. So what is that path? What is that story? Certainly the idea of them taking stands and defecting and doing what they're doing is playing into the concept of them being eradicated. I wonder if there's like a, I'm trying to think where, you know, under the umbrella of Disney of killing thousands, if not millions of clones. Like, I wonder if there's a moment that's just more like a deactivation, like a using the chip as like a a massive kill switch, basically, you know? I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's part of what that chip can do. I think there could be a tasteful... Yeah, like a non-lethal... Well, it would be lethal. A tasteful decommissioning. Like, like they they, it almost seems as if they're falling asleep. You know, like, a scene of them just sort of collapsing, where, yes, it's traumatic, and, you know, it's maybe not the most kid-friendly Disney thing, Mm -hmm. but because they're dying, but it's not like... It's not like they're being, you know, rounded up and 
imprisoned yeah. and tortured and slaughtered or whatever. It's like, as you say, it's like a switch. I, I mean, yeah. again, we're not theorizing though, but yes, mm-hmm. I think that's certainly how I, that, that makes a, that tracks for me as to, if they're going to do a, a decommissioning, as you would call it, that yeah. that's how it's going to go down. I mean, it would just be like what you said, like they all, they're, like they're collapsing or whatever, you know, like that but type th- of thing. I, I think the point here for sure, though, is that I think this is going to be a big opportunity for Rampart to go back and say, this is why we don't need these guys anymore. Yeah. yeah. We we need to get, get, you know, he's probably the mastermind behind rounding up all these little kids from all across the galaxy. And as they take over these these systems, they're kidnapping all these children and indoctrinating them with the, you know, the empire's views and why it's good for everyone, whatever. I mean, you know, the Nazi Germany stuff, as we always say. Yeah. And, you know, the empire's own Hitler youth, if you want to call it that. It's it's awful, terrible things that they're going to do as the story moves forward. And I think that's the point here is we're watching a clone take a stand and we're and the and the guy who is like the brain behind the conscripted soldiers, the stormtroopers as we know them now, is watching it in real time. And he's going to be like, no, dude. You just gave me everything I need to go back to Tarkin and the Emperor and whoever else and say, we're done with the clones. Yeah. Look what's happening. Clean slate. Because the clones, yes, they're they're programmed to follow orders, but they were programmed to follow orders and tasked with a mission, just like Hauser said, that they completed. The Republic is gone. Like the whole thing that they they spent their entire lives working for and fighting for, it's all kind of wrapped up. Now they're onto some other thing and they've, they're not robots. So they... They not only have achieved their mission, but they've they've grown up and they're, even though they're like 10 years old, still they've amassed all these experiences and now this wisdom of, of being soldiers for all this time to be able to question stuff. So wipe them out, clean slate. Like you said, brainwash some kids from, from the ground up. Yeah. Lastly, before we get onto a certain point of view, we speculated about this a little bit in the reaction, but the idea of Crosshair hunting down the Bad Batch and bringing them back, because the idea is to bring them back alive. Mm-hmm. Rampart says something about they essentially they would be a great asset, mm-hmm. you know, kind of vibe. Well, like you would assume that Rampart wants to ramp up their chips just like he did on Crosshair. We also assume that he has no idea that their chips have been removed. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe they do a whole fake out, you know, like, oh, no, Crosshair, you found us. You yeah. know, you caught us. Let's go back to the ship now. I think we can't see, you know, the idea of them getting... Crosshair, the double cross of the double cross, and they <laughs> they, they get they get uh, the triple cross. Of a, they get crosshair, and you know remove his chip. Air quotes. I don't know because I don't want to see another episode where they have to go back to like that facility. Where, you know, mm-hmm. like where are they going to find another? We've already seen that sort of adventure of the week, like finding the old decommissioned medical bay where we can remove the chip. So I don't I don't think that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I, I mean there could be like you said hey throwing our hands up you know he doesn't know our chips don't work yeah yeah which would allow them to like get on the inside you know speculation later patreon.com slash think to maker pod let's move on a certain point of view many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view one item in this segment we mentioned it earlier orn recovering from a headshot something really important was put in the chat and then I also heard something on a YouTube clip that makes a lot of sense. I can't remember who put this in the chat. Actually, I want to find out, so I'm not a dick. I think Patrick did, and then I found a little Wikipedia thingy. It was Patrick confirmed? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. This is actually really awesome. It turns out that the headtails, the um, Leku on Twi'leks, it's kind of like um, octopus arms. They don't have, you know, a central brain in the head. It's like the brain is kind of spread out like an octopus. So a headshot doesn't mean the same thing. And also, Crosshair, he's a damn good shot. So if the idea is just to frame the Sindulas and not actually kill Ornfrita, it would make sense. Just take him down, let him recover, thinking that the Sindulas tried to kill him, put him back in power. You know what I mean? It's kind of a perfect plan to shoot, to wound, but not to kill, especially knowing the anatomy. I buy it. I'm, in, I'm into it. I mean, this all seems crazy for them to be like in the writing room and be like, make sure he gets shot in the head and not the, the leku though, because their brains yeah. are in the leku. It's like, yeah, nobody knows that. <laughs> every, <laughs> he, every being on Earth's brain is in their head, basically. So <laughs> everyone's going to think that he's dead. 
Yeah. I get it. And I think it explains this away and we're going to live with that. But yeah. at the same time, like blaster bolt like that, any other time goes in one side and out the other. Yeah. Like, no, but okay. It tracks. Let's let it be that. Dude, I, I can just hear Filoni's voice in the writing room just being like, yeah, but it'll be fun to hear him argue about that. <laughs> you know? And here we are. About the fans, yeah. Here we are, Dave. So that fully tracks. <laughs> Let's move on. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark side. It's a Calicori. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Welcome to the den. Would you like some deep cuts? Perhaps some Easter eggs? That's what we offer here in the den. I feel like they're, they're few and far between, but there are a few. Uh, more like just deeper references than true mm-hmm. Easter eggs on this one. The episode title, I feel like, is a callback to the Clone Wars episodes that focused on Ryloth. So this is called Rescue on Ryloth. The season one arc had Storm over Ryloth, Innocence of Ryloth, and Liberty on Ryloth. Bombs over Baghdad. Yes. By outcast. Don't pull <laughs> your thing out unless you plan to bang. In that arc, like we talked about earlier, Chen didn't trust the Republic at first because he was afraid they would just become another occupying force. Here we are. Here we are. Not the way he thought it was going to happen, but he was right. It was inevitable, like Judgment Day. Thank the maker of Terminator podcast. New, new record, same crappy band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gonky. The droid, the gonk droid, is a, quote, defective unit, it turns out. This is a nice little moment for Omega to acknowledge the fact that they're all defective. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was just yeah. such a cool, well-written piece of dialogue. Because she says something like, so are we, or we're all, right? Or does she say we're yeah. all defective or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. The funny part, it's almost like a meta in-joke, like, like a almost fourth wall breaking thing. <laughs> There's no canon explanation as to what gonk droids actually do, so... He's defective, but what the hell did he do in the first place? Like, what do they do besides walk around and go gonk, gonk, Just waddle around. You know, (laughs) when they just released a vintage collection, not just, but a couple months ago, vintage collection gonk droid. So I went to like, you know, five different targets before I found it. All for a droid that doesn't do anything. Yeah. But whatever. Terrible design too. Top heavy. (laughs) Just not, not a good move. It's like... Maybe like the first robot that came out, he's like the Jibo or uh, what's the what's the dog? It doesn't do anything. It does like a backflip and it, it barks and you have to feed it or else it does an electronic pee, but it doesn't, it serves no purpose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of droids, after the probe droid sneaks up on them and Hunter, you know, Rambos it through the head with his knife, which is an exact Rambo knife also. Like they're just, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. He says, the empire will know we're here. Very throwbacky to Han in The Empire Strikes Back. It's a good bet the Empire knows we're here. Same vibe, minus the snow. A little bit about Hera and her parents and rebels and whatnot. So Hera's parents are like clearly grooming her into this rebellion fighter that we met in Rebels. There's a part in Rebels where Hera meets with her father after some like long period of time, right? There was some conflict between them because ultimately her dad was just trying to he was just a freedom fighter on ryloth his focus was always freeing them from imperial rule republic rule before that the conflict was was that she went on to be part of the larger rebellion for all planets and it's interesting that they here in the bad batch are taking off to go out to the rest of the galaxy where she would undoubtedly meet people from other places and develop connections to other people and feel that sense of obligation to the whole galaxy rather than just Ryloth. Yeah, because even back in the Clone Wars where it was the Republic versus Separatist, Cham just wanted nothing to do with either of them, you know? Right. It was more like, I don't care who's right, who's wrong, go away. So she went on to have loftier goals with her rebellion. Yeah. Especially if she and Omega remain buds yeah. after yeah. these after this scene, you know? You think Omega's going to drop her accent just like Hera did later in life? I don't know. That might make it easier to cast her in the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> This last one in the den, Nick, you put this in here. What is this about Hunter and a plasma bridge? Uh, I mean, it's more so just a reference. The plasma bridge was like a kind of a key, like tactical point in the Ryloth uh, arc in the Clone Wars. It's a literal plasma bridge that you turn it off and then there's no bridge anymore. So it was just more of a reference to that. Like, oh yeah, I remember there being a plasma bridge in Clone Wars. So tight. It belongs in the den. No real importance, but it's more like, oh yeah. 
I remember that plasma bridge. Oh, one last thing. I did remember um, the model of shuttle that Hera and Omega commandeered to blow up the cannons. That appears to be like an interim or intermediate model between what the Bad Batch are flying and the, the original trilogy Imperial shuttle. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Lambda class. Lambda class was the, the original trilogy one, yeah. yeah. Shuttle Tiger. Always wanted that, the, the toy. Dude, that was my it. favorite ship. In- it was huge. The toy mm-hmm. was huge. Do you remember it? Yeah. And the way it's shaped, like you could hold it kind of like the TIE fighter, hold it on the back and do the... And the mm-hmm. wings. Like yeah, steer I it. With, I wanted yeah. it so bad. Next to the Falcon and an X-Wing. I mean, like that was right up there for me. I don't know why. There's something about like the 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 nose of it and the cockpit and it looks like goggles almost. Yeah. It almost looks like a stormtrooper helmet or a clone trooper helmet. Yeah. That visor. It's cool. It's sick. And then Vader walking out of it was just like, dude, get me one of those. <laughs> That's all for the Den of Antiquities. I love you. I know. Favorite moments, scenes, quotes, and whatnots. I think after discussing it this evening, I really find Hauser's stand to be impactful. And I think that it... Well, as we broke it down, it means a lot going forward with what stormtroopers are, what where the clones are going to end up. I, I, I don't think that's just speculation. I really think we're on to something with that. So I loved the dynamic of, you know, he's supposed to follow orders, but he's finally had enough. And um, and as I said, you know, Rampart watching it live. So he's now got this intel to go back with and say, see, the clones are defecting. The clones are defective or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So while it was a super action-packed episode, I think that scene, that moment, I'm not leaving my men, you know, I'm not leaving my squad. They're good men. All that. It's just wartime epic. So really love that moment and scene. Uh, for sure. I'm just going to... I, I, I'm going to agree with you. Like, the implications there of where this could head is just so interesting. So I'm with you on that one. I, I think we have another unanimous favorite scene. Behind that would be the taking out the cannons and stuff. Cause I mean, that was just wild and awesome. Yeah. You know, action packed, but I was like eyeballs peeled, glued to the screen. What's going to happen when he steps out those doors, you know, it's a very impactful scene. It was also, um, I mean, I, I guess it had such a clone wars feel to it as well. It, it was nostalgic in that way. So immediately I was just like, I don't know, just in a, in a mode watching it. Mm hmm. And subconsciously thinking, oh, this is it. This is my favorite scene. This is the one. What about quotes? Um, I think Omega, she's trying to save her family, Hunter. I'd do the same for you. It's like that girl keeps putting them in their place, you know? Yep. (laughs) Week after week, she's dropping knowledge on them. I love how important she's become to them and how he listens to her. You know, he takes to heart what she's saying to him and... He kind of gets out of his Rambo Rambo mode. And like, it's funny because record Rika does it too. Like as far as he stops being such a bruiser because she, you know, he's a softy for her. Um, but I think, you know, Hunter being kind of having the intellect that he has, he's always in soldiering mode. You know, he's always trying to solve problems and, and be the leader. And then like this little girl just like brings his ass down to earth. It's great. Heartwarming shit. I'm going to go with Eleni because she's been, you know, for two episodes, a lot of fire quotes for sure. So I like her little sassy when she's talking to Rampart, her sassy response of like, I've seen how you treat your allies. I'd prefer to be your enemy, whatever she says there. That's good. Pretty, That's yeah, a good cool. one. Pretty good roast. I think my favorite quote, and I alluded to this earlier, is going to be the conversation between Hera and Omega, where Hera says, why do you trust him so much? Talking about Hunter. And Omega says, because he's my brother. Mm. Yeah. They all are. That's a moment more than it's just like a quotable line, but I'll call that a quote and that'll be my favorite. I'll allow it. It is acceptable. (laughs) All right. Let's see what the patrons thought. Five nominees for favorite moments or scenes. Five nominees for favorite quotes. We polled the patrons. As we do every week, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod is where you go if you want to be part of that or if you want to hang out with us right now like patrons are doing. First nominee for favorite scenes. 
Harris sends the transmission to the Marauder, asking for the Bad Batch's help. Nominee number two, Omega and Harris show the Bad Batch their plan to free the Syndulas out of captivity. Third nominee, Hera and Omega steal the Imperial ship and destroy the refinery cannons. Fourth nominee, Hauser alerts the Bad Batch and Syndulas that he's on their side and helps them escape through a secure hangar. Fifth and final nominee, Hauser stands up against the Empire's occupation and leads a small clone uprising. Badass. Badass, man. Badass. Leading with his haircut. Hauser with the good hair. Kevin Weiler said everything about Hauser standing up against the Empire and doing what he knew was the right thing and how that is now going to force us to question everything we thought we were already past about the chip and its effects. Yeah, agreed. They got some splaining to do. <laughs> yeah, we were in that mode where it's like, oh, yep, they're just bad guys now except for Rex and the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. But no, man, the plot thickens. The winner, though, of favorite scenes with 60% of the vote is this. Brothers, what are we doing? We came here to free Ryloth from Separatist control, and we succeeded. But look around you. We're now being ordered to target the very people we swore to protect, and I will not be a part of it any longer. Who will stand with me? Kevin, you're on that team. Hauser standing up against the Empire. We did it. We did it, Kevin. <laughs> Leading a little rebellion. We're all on the same page around here. But 24% of the folks polled brought in Hera and Omega stealing the Imperial ship and rescuing Chopper to second place. Those 24% like the action, you know? That's pretty much, that's Ryan, what you said as well, right? Favorite quotes. Five nominees. The first is from Eleni Sindula, the one that Nick picked. I have seen how you treat your allies, Admiral. I prefer to be your enemy. I've seen how you treat your allies. That's it wasn't French, was it? I don't know what that was. It was some sort of Arnold. That was like Arnold if he drank absinthe. <laughs> Drew said pirate. I was going for a Pepe Le Pew, but I haven't heard Pepe Le Pew in a very long time. Arnold in a pirate costume. He's still in character, but he drank a bunch of absinthe and he's saying he's saying this from the floor. Do French people sound like pirates? Yeah. Uh, I talked to a French dude at work today and I was like, what are you doing in St. Louis? Uh, why does anyone from another country ever come to St. Louis? He's like, actually, I'm from Ryloth. To see the, to see the arches. Uh, this is a beautiful arch. Uh, St. Louis was a French settlement to begin with, so I'm an idiot. St. Louis? St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Nominee number two, Hunter and Omega. Hunter says, Omega, it's a big galaxy. We can't put ourselves on the line every time someone's in trouble. Why not? Isn't that what soldiers do? Third nominee, this is Omega speaking to Hunter. Put him in his place. She's trying to save her family, Hunter. I'd do the same for you. Yo, think about this, Dad. (laughs) Brother Dad. Oh, cool, Dad. Didn't know you were racist. (laughs) Fourth nominee, Hera and Tech. We are getting the hang of this. Yes, your dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering is as confusing to them as it is to us. Fifth and final nominee, another one from Eleni Sindula, foreshadowing here. If a war is coming, it will be their fight as much as ours. Megan Dutcher says, Omega, throwing preteen daggers at Hunter with, I do the same for you. The reproach in her voice and her eyes was so intense. I felt guilty. She says. <laughs> Agreed. The winner with 42% of the vote, this was Nick's pick. Nick's pick. Nick's pick. I think it was the first time I was I was right. I was, the first time I like got both right with the patrons. Two for two all day. Wow. Wow. Utah, give me two. Give me two. What a moment. What the... <laughs> Who goes and gets two? It's like $5 foot long. You're going to get two and no chips. <laughs> No drink? No, dude. He's he's going to house two meatball subs. <laughs> I mean, they're on a stakeout. He might keep one for later. Yeah, just keep, yeah, keep that hot meatball sandwich under the seat for later. <laughs> Until the bank robbers show up. And then you just leave it there, and who knows what happens next. 
so back to Star Wars. The quote is, <laughs> I've seen how you treat your allies, Admiral. I'd prefer to be your enemy. Lenny Sandula. Burn, sick burn. Yeah, winner, winner, meatball sub dinner. Give me two. Second place with 23% of the vote. This is Megan Dutcher's pick. Omega, she's trying to save her family, Hunter. I'd do the same for you. Another sick burn. The ladies are really burning the dudes in, in this episode. They're coming with the logic. Yeah. And the dudes are like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, but I just wanted to shoot my gun. <laughs> Final thoughts. Uh, badass episode. We buried the lead with that. This is our favorite since the premiere. I don't want this to be over because I never want any of this stuff to be over. But I am excited for this for the final act here. Like, yeah, for sure. We've been waiting to find out what it's all really about. The quest for Omega. Why do they want her back so bad? All that stuff. It's coming to a you know finale here soon. And I'm excited. And I think this was a killer. I think Nick's probably right. Like taking bets on one episode. Episode, episode 15 is yeah. going to be a sea monster yeah. on a water planet that, you know, <laughs> record gets pulled underwater. And I don't know. But um, I, I think that this was a great launch pad of an episode into the final chapter of the show. Agreed. The cameo in episode 13 is Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> the cool thing, and we'll probably really talk about this once the whole season wraps up, we've had some side questy things, but they've all mattered to the, the longer story arcs and character arcs and the serialized, it turns out, nature of this show. And it, I think Nick's sort of like patience approach with Star Wars really applies here because last week was like, what are we doing over here? We saw the Bad Batch for nine seconds and then here we are, mm-hmm. you know, we just wait one week and it all ties together. This is, yeah. this is turning out to be much, much more serialized than I think we thought like three episodes in, you know what I mean? Yeah. The premiere, we were like, oh, this is fully serialized. Then we we're like, eh, maybe not, mm-hmm. but I, it's turning out to be. Well, it's, it's like, you know, how we went with, uh, you know, a couple of episodes in season one of Mandalorian that they brought mm-hmm. back characters and all this stuff. It's like, you know what? I'm not a smart man, but <laughs> I'm willing to be patient and know that they are not like Filoni, Favreau, whoever. They're not just going to put a random episode out with no have like nothing to do with anything. You know, it's going to come back and they don't write these shows in a creative, like artistic way. So we could podcast about them every week. That's not the plan here. They have they have a goal. They have a story arc. They are, it's all going somewhere. Plus, you can't just be bad on the internet for the rest of your life. So yeah. we all have to calm down a little bit. The thing to think about as well, in terms of like predicting what they're going to do or trying to think about it, how and why they're writing what they're writing. In the 22, 23, 24 episode days, they just kind of had to fill some. Like every... Yeah. Every writer's room on every single show was like, God, how do we get 22 episodes out of this shit? Mm-hmm. You know? So you get side quests. But with this, I feel like they're very purposely saying, all right, let's do like 16. I yeah. was surprised you know? that it, we, I think we all were a little surprised when we found out that it was going to be 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a random number too. It's like eight or 12, eight, 10 or 12 is like normally where even non-Star yep. Wars things. That's kind of the amount we get these days. Unless you're a BBC show, then it's six. Yeah. Always. Annoying. But it does, it does make sense if, if like some of the uh, like Netflix series and some other limited things are doing eight and the old Clone Wars stuff was 22. It's like, all right, well, let's just double the, the typical eight and we'll just make, mm-hmm. make them all bangers pretty much. Well, because that was di- dictated by the network ordering will order 22 episodes and that all has to do yeah. with like advertising and shit, you know? So it's like, for sure, that's just, that model is just gone. So whatever, eight episodes, 16 episodes, it's all meatier than it used to be. I like now. Yeah. I mean, I it. like the present day. <laughs> it's good. All right, let's wrap up. William Ryan Key, do you have a quote? Yeah, but I can't take credit. Our buddy Mike from Armor Party dropped this one and it's applicable to the scenario we are in this week with Hauser taking a stand against the Empire, knowing he may lose his life in the face of, you know, the armed battalion of soldiers with their armaments pointed at him. So this is really cool. Frederick Douglass quote, deep cut, but heavy, awesome. Definitely applies to the Empire in a big way. The limits of tyrants are prescribed by the endurance of those whom they oppress. Man's greatness consists in his ability to do 
and the proper application of his powers to things needed to be done. A man is worked upon by what he works on. He may carve out his circumstances, but his circumstances will carve him out as well. Frederick Douglass. It's like lyrical, you know? Yeah, he was, that man knew how to address a crowd. He was an excellent orator. He certainly was. That's your SAT word for this week. And I just have, I can just see Hauser with the good hair just right now, just standing there like, no, no empire. <laughs> All caps, N-O. That's a no for me, dog. I'm Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes, this has been a hoot. Patrons, thank you so much for being here with us. Patrons who aren't here with us right now, thanks for being patrons. Listeners, thanks for being listeners. If you want more Star Wars from the Thank the Maker Network, Armor Party Podcast, like Ryan just mentioned, is our sister podcast. That's all about costuming, armor building. There's a really awesome guest coming soon. An actor from Star Wars. No spoilers. And a bunch of guests previously, some just like folks out there that are just 501st members, some who actually have worked on Star Wars with costumes. It's good. It's really good. Even if you're not like a costume maker, listen to the podcast and, and learn some cool stuff and then maybe get into that. You can find them on Instagram at Armor Party Show. Uh, there's no Twitter, but if you want to follow Hondo Supply at Hondo Supply, that's uh, Mike's original account that lots of cool Star Wars merch. That's on both Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow our podcast on social media, we are on Instagram at Thank the Maker Pod, on Twitter at Thank the Maker. My stuff is all at Adam the Skull. Mine is at William Ryan Key. And I'm at Nick Bayside on the old Twitter machine and Instagram. And you could find my radio show aptly called The Radio Radio Show exclusively on Spotify. Nick doesn't stutter on the actual podcast, just in the title. <laughs> it's a total digital, uh, what do you call it? Artifact? 21st century digital boy. Yeah. You know what? So Bad Religion is my favorite band and I'm going to make them the 100th artist that I play. Nice. Because I, I would assume if people are like, oh, yeah, Nick's got a radio show, he's probably going to play Bad Religion every show. It's like, no, you know what? I'm not. They're going to be the 100th artist that I play. Prove them wrong, Nikki. Prove them wrong. That's what I'm doing. Delayed gratification. Screw my haters. I don't have any haters. I'm internationally beloved. <laughs> you should also probably follow Nick's other account on Instagram, Batu Crew. Yeah. If you like Galaxy's Edge. People are going to be going back to Batu. Yeah, they are already. I get pictures all the time of people wearing a couple of the shirts that I put out there. And I'll be in Batu on my birthday, August 6th, a couple of weeks away. Very excited. Sick. Everybody, again, thanks for listening. And if you're here for the first time, subscribe. Press the subscribe button, smash it, kick it, whatever the kids say now. Crush it, hit it with a hammer. Tap it in. Give it a little tappy. All right, I'm done now. I'm tired. May the force be with you. <laughs>